This week on the Bamcast, we get tired of talking to our French fries. 44 stars, we're in. All right, welcome to the Bamcast. Hey, hey Bamcast! First half. So 292. Yeah, that's Whoa. a Nintendo number. So many episodes. Crazy. Uh, so I'm Harlow. I'm Mackie. I'm BJ. I'm Chuck. And what we do each and every episode of the Bamcast is we go ahead and we watch ourselves a quote-unquote bad movie. Come in here and talk about it for the first half. Let me rate them. Good bad movies. Enjoyable bad movies. They get yeah. one to five jocks and robot jocks. Ooh, All right! right. Robot jocks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the bad, bad movies. And stay away, they get a negative slice scale, one to five bags, and some douchebags after Twilight. Boo! Boo. Oh, no, that's a. That, we yeah. don't like that. Yuckos. Gross. So. Yeah. Um, I'll be candid. We had a slight veto on tonight's movie. So yep, if, you pay, veto. if you're paying attention to Twitter, uh, we <laughs> talked about doing a movie with Force in the title. That movie in question was Rescue Force 1990. We made it. Initially two and a half minutes, and then later fifteen minutes before finally officially vetoing that, and beginning again with 1990s Moon 44. Yes, yeah, it was next up on the list. Yeah, yes, yeah. there's a short list, and we went to Delta Force Two, and then was like, oh, that's too long. We've already yep. wasted too much time. Right, Moon 44. So we went slightly shorter movie. Yes, yeah. So um, plot summary: we usually do that. Let's do one. An unconventional corporate agent is given the task of shaping a group of violent criminals and technical wizards into a helicopter defense force assigned to protect a mining station on a remote moon. Man, that sounds awesome. See, this could still be a force (laughs) movie, force day movie with the helicopter defense force. Helicopter defense force. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Helicopter moon defense force. Yes. What unorthodox methods did he show? Um... Uh, getting taken captive. Oh, at gunpoint when okay. he wasn't really captive at all. Right. I don't know. So this movie is uh, <laughs> so the movie that basically Roland Emmerich made before Universal Soldier and getting kind of famous. Yeah. It in watching it, it feels like a dry run for bits and pieces of most, several of the most movies. of his yeah. '90s movies. Yes. Yeah, because I mean, you had Universal Soldiers, two years later, you had, uh, Stargate. And then Independence Day and all, you know, all of that. Right. And Godzilla. Anyway, but yes, Moon 44. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean... A bunch of Banffcast alums in it. A ban- Oh, yes, a, a ton. Michael Paré. 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 Of an earlier film this year. Paré. Yes. Dragon Fight. Dragon Fight. Along with Far Cry. Yes. And I believe a couple other things. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Wait a minute. Brian Thompson of an earlier movie this year. He, wasn't in, Heart. he yes. wasn't in Far Cry also, Brian Thompson? No, you're thinking of Till Schweiger. That must be it. Must <laughs> be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Brian Thompson. Also in Cobra. Cobra. Mm-hmm. He was the Bergberg guy in Cobra. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and um, I don't know, some other people, Malcolm McDowell. Yeah, Malcolm McDowell. Yeah, Malcolm Terrence McDowell. Stamp. From uh, Get Crazy. And Iron Man. <laughs> That's that joke has now removed too many layers to remotely mean anything to anybody. Wow, <laughs> Iron Man and, and Superman too. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you had to pick Iron Man, where the the one role where Terrence Howard gets replaced, therefore making me have to like right. use my brain even harder. You couldn't say Mega anything else for Terrence Howard in it. Empire. Yes, thank you. Better. <laughs> 
Hustle and Flow. No, that's Malcolm right. McDowell. Starring Malcolm McDowell. Right. Yeah, <laughs> he's in it, too. Ah. <sighs> so, yeah. yeah. All right, so first off, positives about this movie. Miniatures, practical sets galore. Oh, yeah. Like, this movie oh, looks yeah. amazing. Like, yeah. you know, kit... What do they call it? Kit, kit bashing. Bashing, yeah. like, mm-hmm. crazy. You know, they made, they made a giant Star destroyer size ship that they show numerous times. It looks like they made it out of a yeah. combination of Star Wars and 2001 yeah. models. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this, I mean, it looks it's, great. It's, it's awesome. Like a hero quality ship. I mean, it's like they, oh, yeah. they, they yeah. they're like, show this as many times as you can. Like just, this they, thing's awesome. they did. They used yeah. the same shot like nine times. They mm-hmm. sure did. <laughs> um, and these guys have watched alien and aliens a lot yep. because mm-hmm. the set design is a combination of alien and aliens yeah. throughout. Oh yeah. It's, but in a good way. Yes. Like it, really looks terrific like maybe the at the entire time, time yeah maybe at the time people were like eh this looks like everything else but looking at it now i wish a movie that came out now looked like oh this. god yes practical models practical like just authentic feeling everything in this because there's no cg you know i yeah. mean pretty much i mean there's yeah. probably some maybe touch-ups of like engine flares and things like that in laser shots but it's well, like it's all practical no. effects. and it's also like that that just put steam everywhere yes. yep. look to cover things. But you know, when they're outside, there's always this layer of fog uh-huh. that just looks really good when you have lights in models shining through it. Yeah. I and mean, is like, I, I picked it out kind of, you guys probably did too, but the, the engines on that hero ship, yeah. even though they're just like flashlight bulbs, right. they look fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. They look really good somehow. Yeah. 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 So that, that aspect, I mean, and, and it starts off with that because, the the plot that doesn't that that doesn't there's a lot of plot going on in this movie the mm-hmm. the ones that, that that description didn't really cover is the main overall the main overarching plot is that there is uh, warring co- corporations that as their text crawl says have taken over the universe universe not, <laughs> not the galaxy not the solar system the universe and this is what like 2036 2038 okay yeah, yeah so so in 1990 they figured in 48 <laughs> years we'd be fucking interstellar well we would have used up all of the earth's resources yes sure we're still on track for yeah oh yeah we're getting However, there <laughs> we're not hitting the point where we've taken over the universe yet. no no, no. interstellar That's travel be a is still a little bit yeah. um we can stunted. Al- we can only get one or two people in space at a time yeah <laughs> Please fund NASA more. Yeah. Yes. I know Elon Musk is on it, but okay. the guy mm-hmm. needs more time. Mm-hmm. Boeing, too. Boeing just okay. yeah. Boeing just got involved, so we uh, may be on track. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. We'll just lose our, lose our luggage along the way. <laughs> yeah. Just all our stuff will just <laughs> oh. go Oh, your stuff's on the moon. <laughs> oh, yeah. <wait, I'm, laughs> no, no, no. We left no. that behind. No, it was, if too it was heavy. Delta, then we'd have, But oh, Boeing well. is the one that makes the plane. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah the plane. Okay. Yeah. They just make planes. So there should be like zero leg room. <laughs> right, yes. right. It'll be like space bus. Like some kid will be behind you, just kicking the back exactly. of your space seat. <laughs> space. Oh, he's gonna do this, this all the way to Neptune. Oh, Son of a bitch! This, this is the trip going to take forty-seven years. This sucks. <laughs> oh no! It's Paul Blart Seriously? Four is the only movie. You're twenty-eight now. Quit kicking my seat. <laughs> he doesn't know any better. Yeah. <laughs> he stopped he's, learning he's, as soon as we got on this flight. <laughs> Yeah, but no, that's that's the future. So, yeah, um, space yeah, can you imagine the, <laughs> the future ends up being that whole idea of the podcast where you watch the same movie yeah. every week? Yes. That's what the future is going to be because the in-flight is only going to have so many movies. They're not going to be able to beam a movie to you. Yeah. 
I know they're just gonna it's have like it. They're gonna have. Yeah. They'll just have a DVDs hard drive with all the there. movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, iTunes out. will send you a disc with all the movies. Like here, take this because it fits on something this size now. You'll run out. No, somebody will always want to watch. Someone will have a magnet. Yeah, will erase everything. <laughs> we yeah, will. Like, we'll some fucking asshole kid. Yep. will be like, hey, ladies, Maggie, I brought in. Yes. <laughs> You're 28. <laughs> Quit erasing. The 30 minutes into the 50 year flight, we'll erase every piece of entertainment on board. <laughs> You'll be left to recreate Paul Blart yeah. three from the. <laughs> Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll be the, the dinner yeah. theater version in the aisle. You'll, be like, you'll, you'll be space sweeting all yeah. of the bubbles. Yeah. Right. Who remembers Scarface? So let's yeah. do Scarface, yeah. huh? All right. Uh, all I remember. <laughs> do we have a bunch of cocaine? We only yes, have we enough. Do. <laughs> yeah. Yes, but it, it has to last 50 years. <laughs> but it's space cocaine. Watch out. That's just yeah. fuck you up. Spokane, <laughs> Washington. <It's> like Washington. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that's so movie, movie 44. Yeah, movie 44. Um, Touch me. <laughs> no, so lots of practical effects, but the, the warring corporations are basically fighting over these mining spots, these mm-hmm. moons and various other rocks that we found that like corporations are laying claim. So this, uh, I guess, our, we're going to call it our good corporation because it's the one we see. The other one is just this faceless, like we hear the name and they're... It's called mm-hmm. Pyrite. Yeah, it's Fool's Gold. gold. Mm. Yeah, so Pyrite keeps coming in and, and bombing whatever our good corporations sites are with robots with robot drone things drones. yeah, they're, yeah. they're basically like Battlestar Galactica's Cylon things yep and um so they're down to like one moon moon 44 it's the last moon yep and they're like shit we gotta be prepared and one guy's like well we had defenses but you know you cut our budget so this is what we have one moon and so they decide to send an internal affairs agent undercover to this moon right posing as a prisoner because they have a program in this where you can be pardoned from prison if you do service, essentially. Like, you go be a pilot or some other dangerous work that you can get your, your sentence commuted. Yeah. So, but for whatever reason, he's got to pretend to be a prisoner. He can't just go in. I, I guess because, you know, he's got to investigate. Maybe it's coming from people inside the base and not an external force that they're not only getting attacked, but mm-hmm. also they've been, like, missing shuttles. So there's a lot of, like plot going on that they yeah. then kind of quickly abandoned like yeah. Well, yeah well and michael Paré is the cop that they're sending in the internal affairs guy and i just want to note that roscoe lee brown is the leader of the corporation who sends him in yep which you will recognize him and his voice as soon as he shows up yes which somehow i don't think he's a bamcast alum well he's usually like an english professor in things huh. yeah. you know or <laughs> some sort of college person mm-hmm. so yeah I, he's not on our radar. No. I guess. Not for first half movies anyway. No. Yeah. So that's that's basically what's going on. Like they they they're they're basically under the threat that this other corporation is going to attack the base at any point in time, but they're also losing shuttles, automated shuttles that send back the the minerals that they mine. So this guy's being sent to investigate. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Is that it? That's it? Just investigate?" And they're like, "Yeah, that's it." Yeah. No other threats in, yeah. involved. No, yeah. no, no potential <laughs> threats for I, imminent attack. I love that he goes, yeah, is, there, is this under threat of attack? And Roscoe Lee Brown's like, no, of course oh, not. It's no. not. And the two people sitting in front of him are like, <laughs> they're like, they get all shifty eyed. Yeah, like, they're like, right. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah, but yeah. What, what he said. <laughs> yeah. Our boss, Morgan Fairchild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, yeah, so, there's an informant. Yes. Yeah, there's he there's a, some sort of informant that he's supposed to meet yeah. up with, and yeah. you know, Who? so it's Dean Devlin. Yeah, Dean Devlin, twenty eight years old at mm-hmm. this point. Jesus, just a child. He looked at, like he's like the opposite of a horror movie teen. Yeah, like he's twenty eight years old and he looks sixteen. Yeah, 
That's what happens when you end up in space for, you know, 25 years flying across the universe yeah. in the back of a seat. Well, they, they, they build this, I mean, like this grouping of people that's going to be on this thing is like, there's going to be a bunch of prisoners there and there's going to be a bunch of hotshot whiz kids. Yeah, tech yeah. hackers. Deal with it. You know, it's like, why? <laughs> what you know. what weird thing have you set up where these two yeah. groups would somehow interact with each other? But like they they do like the briefest shot of like we're pulling them out of prison. Like so they built this like elaborate prison set with like multi levels and there's arms sticking oh, yeah. out of all the sh- oh, yeah. out of all the cells and they're like high fiving as they're going by. God, I love and future it, prisons. And it's this. They probably didn't awesome. build that. Prison. Well, I'm saying like they they, they, just went to they it. scouted or whatever. But I mean they have this location. Set. They have this set. This yeah. location wherever it is, and it's like. They come out of a prison, like everyone's like, Yeah, go go get pardoned by being fighter pilots. And, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, Yeah, we're gonna do that. Yeah. Cut to they're landed, like, you know, fuck the space travel, all that. It's just like they're landed, they're getting out and No time. Yeah. And it's like well, we're landing, okay, and let's begin introducing some conflict. Like the people are like looking around, like, Oh, I don't recognize that guy and they're pointing at Mark, Michael Paré, and like, I yeah, I never saw him on the yard and he's he's reading a book with like the most stereotypical like reading glasses ever, and yeah. they're like, huh, well, who's the Einstein? Yeah. Like, he's reading like sonnets by Shakespeare. It, it's funny because like oh, they, reading books, they call nerd. they call people throughout the movie. They call him Einstein, Sherlock, and Shakespeare. Yes, uh, like I, it's like it's an allegory. I mean, I know some of these like Shakespeare that'll carry over, but like some of these, it's like, well, will Einstein still be the thing we call smart people in twenty thirty eight. I mean, someone's invented interstellar travel. We may I would have, call him that guy. Yeah, that guy, <laughs> like Zephyr Cochran. Yes. Maybe it's oh, look at that Cochran over there. <laughs> Plus, it's, it's good because it sounds like an Maybe insult. it's Jake Einstein. <laughs> yeah. Could oh, be. Invents interstellar yes, travel. It could be. Yeah. Right. We just don't know. Yeah. We yeah. don't. We don't. It's probably more laid out in the novelization. Yes. Yeah. We sure. Most <laughs> get all that hot backstory. <laughs> it was in the original comic book prequel. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now I know. Yeah. The six issue miniseries. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, like, they're, they're immediately introducing, like, oh, we, we don't really trust this guy, but um, he basically, like, they get off the ship and the drill sergeant's there. And I, what's that dude's name? Because I've recognized Leon, Leon Rippy, yeah, who is in like a ton a, of things. Any any Devlin movie or Devlin Emmerich movie, he's right. going to show up in right. from this point. He's but, also been in Loose Cannons, yeah, but mm. barely earlier this year. Yep, and Tracks last year. Yes, yeah. So he shows up. He's the like the drill sergeant guy, he's supposed to whip him into shape, and like they're all kind of paying attention. But Michael Parry's like, yeah, I don't care anything you're saying, and. Just immediately starts mouthing off. And so he's kind of building respect with the other prisoners. Like, oh, he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, who is this guy? They're me yeah. like, that guy's got balls. Yeah, he's got balls. <laughs> but then also, conversely, young Dean Devlin, like the some of the, the whiz kids have uh, come into the hangar to watch them, mm-hmm. you know, deplane or whatever. And like, I don't know. Deplane. ship, Whatever you do. Disembark. And, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, like, he's like, yeah, they're like, whoa, that guy's crazy. And Dean Devlin's like, yeah, no, he's got balls. And so they're like, Kind of all like, oh, hero worshiping him, Michael Perry mm-hmm. already. And right. So they all land, and like immediately, it's like all the prisoner guys are like, pencil neck geeks, you know, shove up against the lockers and taking your bunk. Yeah, taking your bunk. This back of the room has air conditioning. Ah, oh, taking your bunk by the air conditioning. Yeah. Because everyone, I mean, this place is just like sweaty and disgusting. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like, it's like the slum version of Mars and Total Recall. Like, just everyone's yeah. just yeah. sweaty and hot all the time. And like the whole time, Dean Devlin's like, hi, I'm Tyler. Yeah. Hi, hey, buddy. We're going to be friends. Hey, He's like trying hi. to be nice to everyone. Yeah, and everyone's just like, fuck you. you Brian Thompson. Stupid who, he, geek. Brian Thompson is kind of like the leader of all the yeah. the scumbags. Oh, look at him. I mean, Basically. yeah. Yeah, prisoner Jake. Jake the prisoner. Yeah, he's, he's the one who does the majority of the threatening. Mm-hmm. And Scooter's like kind of his, his yes man, you know, kind of almost like his hype man next to him. Yes. 
throughout. And Scooter is the only German guy in the in the German in the production. Yeah, in this production made almost entirely in Germany. Uh huh. And Scooter's terrible. Yeah, Scooter's he's a the worst. terrible person. Yes. Yeah. A lot of them but, are, but to be yeah. honest, but but a couple of them come well, around. Yeah, but, they but, are prisoners. Yeah. I know. <laughs> They've done bad things. They probably have. to be there. Some of them still want to do more bad things. Right. Yeah. And uh, Scooter. At this point, yeah, we also meet Cookie. Cookie, Cookie who is one Cookie of the man. one of the the navigator nerds, mm-hmm. but he's also Nerd basically figure. a drug dealer. Yeah. And he just sees them as new prospects. Mm-hmm. And then there's one other guy, like, and and from this point, like, past that. Nobody has names, basically. No. Like there are there are too many people running around that there's names, but there's basically like one black guy who's kinda like he's kinda in Brian Thompson's group, but he's also kinda like, Man, like you don't have to be dicks to everybody. Yeah. He's got but, a red like streak yeah. painted on his head. That's that's like his only characteristic where yeah. you're like, Okay, must, that guy. It must be a fairly permanent paint. Oh yeah, because he was showering with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably a prison tattoo. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but he, he's the guy who'll say, man, what we're doing is kind of not cool, but I'm not going to stop you. Yeah. He, he will kind of say, like, come on, maybe knock yeah. it off. No? All right. Well, I'll see you later. Yeah. <laughs> Murdering a guy. <laughs> eh. mm. Mm. All right. Boys will be boys. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But it, otherwise, it's just there's a bunch of background geeks. Yep. And one who's kind of friends with with uh dean devlin but that's right. about it who he'll come up later yeah yeah his 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 characteristic is he likes music because he listens <laughs> yeah. to opera on a walkman yeah in he, 2038 he does <laughs> and um whatever that's that's his only yeah, characteristic. and immediate but so immediately it's established that jocks versus nerds mm-hmm. yep you know all over again yes yep there's a lady there yeah who's like the in charge of the navigator. She's the civilian leader, yeah. and she has nothing to do with anything at all. Yeah, because she butts head with butts heads with Leon Rippy a few times. Yeah, and and Leon Rippy's boss is Malcolm McDowell, mm-hmm. and he's just the basic. He's the chief of the mining operation or whatever. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that's basically the entirety of the crew there. Yeah, like like there's no janitors. There's no anybody doing anything else. No, there literally isn't. Yeah, because you know, at the end of the movie, there's just like there's no, there's literally no one else here. Like whoever was preparing their food, they must have gotten off on the the last transport because they are mm-hmm. not there. Um, but so they've brought these pilot prisoner people there because pilot they need them people. to fly their space helicopters, spellcopters, <laughs> to defend against the Which robot attacks. Pretty cool looking space helicopters. Yes. Spellcopter. They're going to they, but they've they've That's established key. this system yeah. in the future where like your navigator weapons person stays behind and works in robo chairs in the base and that's all the geek squad people. And then it's just like these roughnecks like, who are flying the helicopters. Yeah, they're sort of like drone operators now. Kind of, you know? but it's like we need you to fly this thing. Everything else is going to be taken we need care to, of. This we need, other at guy. least need somebody to be there in the yeah. In the you need to thing. push the stick. So when that somebody I tell feels you, bad when the thing dies. Right. Yeah. The more mm-hmm. I'm thinking about this, like the more this movie is badly dated because like there wouldn't be people in the movie. We just have the, no, yeah. the room full of nerds now. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know. We yeah. were already there. I mean, like, but we need that conflict in, now. In fifteen more, well, twenty more years, we definitely be there. But like, helicopters. the weird thing about this moon is that apparently it's all just like cavern. It's it's all just you know, Grand Canyons and yeah. shit. Because all the training is just flying through 
you know it's basically yeah, the, these the canyons. yeah it's it's night scenes of the battle scenes from independence day and i could swear that th- mm. these had to have been the same models just in darkness that they would later then use in independence day when they're whipping around in canyons and stuff because like the photography and the the model movement and all that is almost exactly the same it all looks very similar it's all yeah. very Kind of like mm. I don't know if but that thing's gonna. You need to thing is, watch Independence Day again. No, Those I've things, seen it recently. It's way better than this. Well, it's yeah, still, the ships, the the ships the, are completely different. Yeah. The oh film, no, I know that. I'm not but, saying the models are. I'm saying like the, the canyon the set, models. The, yeah. the, oh, the canyon. Oh, yeah. No, not the helicopters. Yeah, I'm just saying they had a big ass table yeah. with these mountains on it, and they just whipped these. The thing <laughs> about it is, like, the filmmaking is considerably better in that stuff. In Independence this Day, this only has here because here three different turns on it. Yes, <laughs> to, to be fair, like yeah, that's knocking this like the table might be there, right, and might be more expansive and might be shot better in Independence Day, but yeah, um, yeah, this one there's like there's one section where it splits, yeah, and then there's one section with a pillar, and then there's one section with a left turn, <laughs> and that's that's it, right? Yeah, because you're not going to see a shot last for more than like a second and a half. Yeah, no, in these model. Movement thing. It looks pretty decent the first like two times they show it, and then it's like, oh, yep, that's the same sequence of three shots. Good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I mean, despite the reuse shots and all that, I mean, this movie today feels pretty refreshing with all the models and practical effects. Yeah, and stuff. it's impressive. Um, I it absolutely is. Yeah. I mean, however, it butts up against its own multi-layered plot because, as I've said, the main plot is find the people who are you know, stealing or misdirecting shuttles and also prepare for whatever incoming of invasion is. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as they establish this jocks versus nerds thing, it's like, Oh, well like let's, let's focus on that for a while. Cause it kind of becomes bully space bully the movie for a while. Yeah. Because yeah. well, it's cause Michael Paré meets up with Dean Devlin. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if they do their first training mission or not before he kind of just says, so you're the informant, right? Right. They, but it, either way, like like they do a training mission where it's like, oh, Michael Perry's a really good pilot, and mm-hmm. oh, this guy's a decent navigator. And right. They establish that they've killed a lot of these guys because there's a point where he reaches a dead end in the cavern and stops the helicopter, and there's like ten of these things, <laughs> like yes. wreckage from ten of them just laying right. on the ground underneath. Yeah. But yeah, but he gets back and he goes to Dean Devlin. He's like, all right, so what do you got? And he's like, oh, you're you're the guy. And he's yeah. like, yeah. He's I'm like, were you supposed to keep a low profile? He's like, nah, fuck it. Whatever. I'm Michael Paré. Who cares? <laughs> Just tell me what you know. I'm yeah. a loose cannon. Yeah. Yeah. And, and really, the guy, like, Dean Devlin tells him basically nothing. He's like, yeah, somebody's reprogramming the shuttles. Yeah. And So it could be literally anyone here. Yeah. That's what I know. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. But he's, like, walking him through how you do it. So sure. I, I guess in the meantime, while all this other shit is happening in the movie, he's kind of stalking it in that area. And yeah. But that's, yeah. that's all that matters is that he stalks that area. It's just right. like, well, I'm going to hang out here. And whoever I see come here and reprogram the thing, it's going to be that guy. Right. Which, they get, the movie, uh, I don't know if it's good or bad. I, I'm leaning towards bad that they just give it away, like, immediately after that. Yeah. Uh, granted, there's not many people there no. that can be suspects. So maybe that's yeah. why they just said, fuck it. Here, because it's, it's Malcolm McDowell and, and the freaking sergeant. Right. And Malcolm McDowell is like, he's like the major. He's the guy overseeing the whole place. Mm-hmm. Then there's the drill sergeant guy. Um, what was his name? Sykes. Yeah. Sykes. Yeah. And then um, and then he's got, like, they didn't really establish what she is. I think she oversees the, the nerd herd. Yeah, she's the yeah. civilian she, leader. She's the civilian leader for the, for the you know, the hacker kids, the mm-hmm. navigators. And um, so she, I don't know, she doesn't really have much purpose in this movie. I mean, it's, it's like, 
you know, we she's put just a, there. We put a lady here because we need to have a lady, but mm-hmm. yeah. like they they make her super wishy washy. Like she doesn't have much point. Yeah. Anyway. But, so anyway. Yes, but then like so the 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 bully part of the movie takes over and it, it just establishes like the guys are picking on the nerds still, and then like wh- like it just immediately escalates. It's like it's time for the next level of escalation because like it's a shower scene and Scooter the German evil guy yep. is like, hey, pretty boy, the one that's friends with uh, uh, Dean Devlin's yeah. ki- guy, the music lover. Mm-hmm. Like, they've been kind of picking on him a little bit in the beginning, but it's just like, it's like one scene of like, oh, hey, pretty boy, like, we know how to deal with guys like you in prison. We make them women and make them pretty and take them, treat them nice. And then it's just like immediately, like, you know, prison rape shower scene. Yeah. And this is where the one black guy's like, guys, dude, like, yeah. seriously, you don't want to do this. And he's yeah. like, yeah, I do. Get Get out you could do here. it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but I mean, all right. movies, like, it's just like movie like turns on a dime. It's like, oh, okay, we're all right. We're to this point. Like there, there's like no escalation. It's just like, God, oh, we're taking your bunk to you know. Yeah. Suddenly, yeah. Yeah. There's yes. We're taking your bum. We're gonna cut to black uh, right before a rape scene happens. Yes, yeah. thankfully. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. The, the next next scene after that is a training exercise. Well, um, what's Dean Devlin's guy walks in and like finds him and does yeah, this okay. whole like you know like. I'm going to kill them one way or another. We're, they're going to pay and, you know, leave yeah, me alone. Pay for this. And yeah, so they're doing like a major training exercise exercise the next time, which is just basically everyone's going out. Yeah, there. they're doing Top Gun. Yeah. And there's two things that have happened here. One is that, you know, Dean Devlin is kind of like, OK, I'm going to the, the everyone's kind of worried about that guy right. because they're like well, we are we, the audience is worried the people in the movie have no reason because nobody seems to have reported this whatsoever right yeah yeah that's what i mean it's like basically no one acknowledges it from that point forward right. even though everybody knows yeah, yeah. Well, no, that's why like these like the group of nerds fucking hates yes. the jocks even more now right but we've neglected to mention before the training exercise the the sergeant guy who is becoming increasingly sweaty as the movie goes on yes. basically goes to malcolm mcdowell and like Hey, I'm getting nervous. Like we're gonna get caught. All this stuff, and he's like, "Well, yeah, uh, you know, Stone over there, uh, Michael Paré is like, he, he's a cop. Yeah, he's he's IA. He's here to like investigate us." And he, and he's like, "What? What do we do?" And he's like, eh, "Relax. Yeah. Like, accidents happen." And he's like, yeah. "What?" And he's like, "Next training exercise. Turn the turn the light. You know, turn the, the munitions to live fire." Yeah. And so he's like sneaking around in the hangar and like. There's like this, just this switch. It's like it's like it's not it, even it, a switch. It's the loosest dial I've ever well, seen. Well, he like, has to lift uh, up a thing, but it's like I mean, it's it's kind of like the importance of the the Death Star, you know, tractor beam. Like it's it's yeah. just like it's just like yeah, you know, it's just like okay. But it's like a bank shot in this helicopter would turn the munitions on to live rounds. I well, mean, it's sure. I'm yes, I get it. I'm I, just I'm just saying it's the loosest switch I've oh, ever seen. Okay, <laughs> all right. That's all I was saying, but. Yeah, so there's two things going on: is that the the rounds are now live while they're all flying mm-hmm. around, and it's good that they just keep those things armed all the time as well. Like they keep all the rounds in. Yeah, well, sure, in the helicopters. Sure. Just, well, because no they're problem. electro rounds or whatever they are. You never so it's know just, when the evil robots might show up. You have to be ready for. It's yeah, like whatever. a Star Trek phaser. You know, you've got lethal things in there. You just don't have the switch turned. That's what it is. They're all. It's all mirrored. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh <laughs> that's, it's that a series of it. magnets. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. But so it's a dogfighting sequence. Yes. And, and, the, and, and the canyon, and it's like the Top Gun, you know, yeah. gesture. And Brian thing. Thompson is like, all right, I got him. And Cookie's lining up. And, and it establishes, okay, the navigators kind of line up the shots somehow, yet 
the pilot's the one who pulls the trigger. It's like it's a really. Stupid I think he's just like all right, bank a little bit left. Like, he's just mm-hmm. talking him through it. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But either way, like basically, Dean Devlin cheats by watching the other guy on the other screen and waiting until he sees that he's got a lock and he's going to fire. Mm-hmm. And that's when he tells Michael Paré to pull up. Yeah. At that exact moment, which yeah, then the live rounds explode on the wall. Everyone goes, "Oh shit, Whoa. what the fuck!" Yeah. And even Brian Thompson's like, "Oh uh, what." He's like, is he all right? Yeah. It's like, okay, so Brian Thompson has kind of turned. Now, he's kind of turned a little earlier, too, because he yeah. stole one of Mike Bray's books. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm going to learn to read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he does. Yes, he does. Yeah. He becomes a better man for it. Yeah. But yeah, so he... See, book there's a lesson in there. Yeah. Learn to fucking read. Yeah. yeah read a book. Read a book. But he's, read a motherfucking book. book. Yeah. Not he's sports page. <laughs> he's no longer like... I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking kill you, Michael Perret. He's just like, oh shit, these lives, these these rounds are live. I'm so I didn't know. Is he all right? What the hell? Yeah, yeah. and they basically are like, all right, everyone back to base, right? And put on. I think it's on the way back, right? That's when. Yeah, because because uh, like um the guy who got attacked, Scooter, is, is like, come on, you know I like it fast. Let's yeah. go faster. Let's go fast, fast. And I guess this is weird because like again, we're talking about there's pilots and navigators but apparently the navigator is controlling the ship at this point He's controlling the speed at the very least yeah. sure so I, I don't know it's, it's some a, sort of symbiotic relationship i think all the pilot is doing is literally just steering okay. i think everything else is done by sure the navigator well speed. whatever like you know speed victim kid decides to ramp up the speed and, yeah. and makes scooter crash into the mountains or yeah. good yeah, fucking deserved it. Well, While good, yeah. Dean Devlin is like in slow motion, like, no, no, trying to stop him, uh, doesn't get there in time. No. Scooter's yeah. dead, yeah. which is a good thing. Yeah, I Scoot- mean, I'm sorry for that helicopter. Yeah, but yes, the helicopter deserves to die. I hope he burns in hell. Yes, <laughs> yeah, sweet poor sweet helicopter. But then they throw that kid into jail. Yeah, yeah, immediately. Like, oh, oh uh, yeah, just get in there. They don't. Uh, space yeah. is a cruel. It's, well, it's dumb, but they throw him in jail, and then like immediately, like, like both sides are just like, "You started it, no, you did." Nah. Yeah, there's a there's a pissing contest in the hangar. Yeah, um, and, but and the I lady think, just comes out and gives him a speech, like, "Knock it off, things are happening." Well, I think before that, I, I mean, like really right away, it was like Dean Devlin, or yeah, Dean Devlin's like, you know, let me go see him, like let me give him his Walkman, you know, he can't survive in here, he just needs his music to calm oh, down. That that actually happens later, is it? Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought it was just like right away, like no, because like, no. I mean we all knew it was coming. It's like as soon as you stick a dude in solitary, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. no, yeah. because that leads to something else later. Oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. sorry, but yeah, but but they have the argument in the hangar where right. first the sergeant's like, oh, just shut up and be good, mm-hmm. everybody, and then the lady's like, I want to talk to him. He's like, the fuck are you going to tell him? Yeah, and Malcolm McDowell's like, let her speak. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Spot on impression. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Kneel before Zod. <laughs> yeah. That's totally what happened. You're an inspiration, Take me to Mackie. Planet Houston. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so she, she tries to give a speech, and they're just like, nope, yeah. we fucking hate each other anyway, so shut up. Yeah. And fight for a bit, and then eventually, eventually she says, you know, basically like, well, if you guys don't fly, you're just going straight back to prison, so... You want in or not? Yeah, yeah. everyone's and step that's up. When, if, yeah. yeah, Michael Pere kind of leads the leads the charge, and mm-hmm. Brian Thompson comes up, and then everybody's up. Everybody's like, "All right, yeah, we're in." Yeah, yep. and then that's when he goes to visit his buddy in prison, right? And oh no, he's hanging from the ceiling. Yep. And then he does the whole grab him by the ankles and try and lift him up. Yeah, thing. Don't be dead. Don't yeah. be dead. Even though he's probably been down a he's while. He's been down a long time. Yeah, yeah. he's not going to yeah. be okay. And that's the next scene is like slow motion him walking through the the food court being all sad and everyone yeah. looking at him like, yeah, we probably shouldn't talk to him right now. 
let him go. Yeah, but he goes but, to Cookie and yeah. it's basically like he's like, "Hey man, what's your baddest shit? Give me some." Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's Give like, me- "All right, half yeah. of this pill. Yeah. Well, <laughs> makes- we'll send you to outer space, like put you in orbit." And he's like, "Give me two. Yeah, mm-hmm. makes literally the world's like most obvious drug deal. Ever. Well, anyone sitting there talking to Cookie is obviously buying drugs because no one else wants to hang with that guy. He's mm. weird. But yeah, so he's just like, give me drugs. And it's like, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, and then Cookie, for some reason, goes and does like the thing that he was going to do. Well, he's like, he's like, let the let the expert do this or something. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you're the expert at like going and slipping a Mickey? Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't Apparently. know. Apparently. Well, like murder pill. Well, yeah. okay. Because he does. But then he just like... Well, he he targets well like the, the the person in question is already immediately dead. That's that's the problem here. Mm-hmm. Is like, you know, there. I don't know what. Jo- that's what I'm thinking. Maybe he wasn't. I don't think maybe he blew the guy up yet. Did the pill thing happen first? Was what's his face still alive and out? No, the, no, the pill no. thing was a he, direct result was... of his friend committing okay. suicide. Yeah, well, I was yeah. saying like, I mean, this is like weird. He's like, you know, he's out for revenge, but like the the direct responsible party is dead already. Yeah, but I, he's yeah. just like these fucking these guys. Okay. He's yeah. just he's didn't just blind, stop it. And just like when fair. they're in the hangar, when they when they're arguing, they won't say like, "Dude, yeah. he fucking raped our guy." Yeah. yeah, like, and nobody cares. Yeah, you know they they never no they never they actually, never acknowledge yes. any of that, which is right. probably actually consistent with real rape cases. But you know sure. whatever. Right. But either way, he goes like, and of course they target the one guy who's actually kind of like probably aside from Michael Paré the most sympathetic one out of all of them. He was is, the one who was like, wait, don't. Yeah. I mean, the only one to speak up and go, yeah, Hey, maybe don't do that. Probably would have helped them. Yeah. Right. Really. And they're, they're like the, yeah. the black dude with the red streak and nope. Uh, yeah, Slip him he, the Mickey and he's, Oh yeah. He's immediately like foaming at you know, the mouth, yeah. overdosing. Yeah. Pulp fiction. So, you know, yes. Overdosing. But they also like, he just drops two of these giant pills, like giant capsules into the guy's orange juice. Like, well, he was like, Hey, look over here. Bloop. <laughs> yeah, but he, keys. I think yes. he's, he's playing his boombox and walks up next right. to him. He's like, "Hey, how do you like music?" <laughs> Bloop. Yeah, yeah. but it worked. It, uh, I bet he would notice those capsules in his urn. I bet a lot of things would happen. Well, they might have been space capsules. They might have dissolved. Oh, like they might have been spapsules. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. Forgot about that. So space. then, so yeah, he's like just foaming at the mouth, and of course, Cookie can't help but look at it and be like, "This is awesome." Oh. This is the best. So of course Brian Thompson sees that and is like, "I'm gonna fucking kill you." Yeah, he's he. So he he has <laughs> gone over Thompson to Brian Thompson impression. Yeah, yeah. Like Brian Thompson has gone over to the dude and is reaching down his throat to pull out whatever he can and is just covered in foam and puke and shit. And then goes over to Cookie and just rubs it all over his yeah. face. Like you think this is funny? Bleh. And Cookie's like, "No, <laughs> <laughs> not funny." And yeah. that's when Dean Devlin is like, "I'm gonna pick an actual fight." Like, yeah. "Hey, knock it off!" And yeah, like you, he like. What does he do? He grabs something. Oh, he's he, like he ba- he basically makes the threat. He's he says, like, "You want to fight with with me? You're gonna have to fight with all of us." Yeah. He and then he pulls out the pills. Yeah. And he's like, "We're gonna fucking poison you all." Yeah. Yeah. And we, then all the other guys come up behind yeah. him with a bunch of pa- bags of pills well, as he well. Throws like, a handful at them. Like, yeah. look what we've got. Right. And then yeah, everyone yeah. else pulls out a bag. Like, you know. Huh? Yeah. And yeah. He, he says, "We control the food. Yeah, the yeah. air. We control the air. We control." We- we control where you go in these ships. The horizontal, vertical. Yeah. yeah. If we want to kill you, we'll fucking kill you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, he's like, these these things don't fly without us. This place doesn't run without us. Yeah. So fuck with us and you're dead. Which, yeah, it, it is really the rank they should have pulled way earlier than mm-hmm. that. Beca- much, because yeah. that's what I, I quite, I don't quite understand about the whole prisoner jocks thing is these are the guys who like, 
your life depends on them doing their job right. Yeah. So why would you fuck with them? Right. It's 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 badly conceived. I mean, it's because they're stupid space jocks. It, well, it's yeah. thought out on a level, but it's like it, no one thought it through one more pass. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Why are they so angry at each other? They they kind of need each other to survive whatever the hell is happening here. Yeah. I mean, and the it, prisoners would be like, sweet. If we get this done, we go home. Yeah. But they're all just like, fuck this. This is our new prison. Now it's like, no, you could just sort of play ball and be the fuck out of there soon. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, um, like it needed they're another institutionalized. Another, yeah, yeah, that could be a mindset. It needed another level of something. Like, like even if there's like some class system thing going on, something, something that made it more right. more palatable that these guys are just gonna be like, yeah, they could kill us easily no right. matter what. Which that one dude just showed. Yeah. But like, this is kind of the end of that conflict. They're kind of like, yeah, you got a point. I guess we should put these stands behind us. They mm-hmm. don't. Yeah, they don't give it any time to like sink in and have anyone well, kind of reflect on. Like, but they a don't human even level. have any more interaction after no that, that, for that the most part. that's the that weird thing is that, that entire plot right. line yeah and, and any interaction between the jocks and the nerds for the rest of the movie with the exception of uh pare and uh what's his name Dean. and then Dean. and then i cannot remember any of their fucking names um it's and that then, kind of movie yeah yeah and then michael what's his name and cookie man <laughs> yeah. right yeah yeah but so, so like they yeah. they they spend so much time getting to this point of, okay, here's the deal. Everyone's going to fucking behave. Right. And then cut to Michael Pere has shown back up in this movie and he's basically still hanging out in that room mm-hmm. and sees Sykes go in there and he's like, okay, it's you. I got you here. You know, come on, let's end this, you know, and they fight and run and, and there's a, an ax fight and, yeah. Yeah. and, you know, Sykes ends up dead. Well, because Malcolm McDowell comes in and shoots him and basically, basically, to be fair, this is a pretty good move, except for he plays it completely wrong. Yeah. Because yeah. he walks in, and he's like, oh, you're lucky I was here. And he's like, yeah, I caught this guy red-handed. He's the one that's been making your shovels disappear. And he's like, well, I kind of suspected that all along. Yeah. But then, like, he's like, oh, well, thank you. I'll take back the master key for the shuttle control, and I'm just going to, like, slowly back out of the room and <laughs> yeah. not really mention the guy that, I just, the fact that I just <laughs> killed that guy, and uh, bye. Yeah, and Michael Paré is yeah. like, um, uh, no, I need that. Yeah. That's, like, my main piece of evidence. He's, he's like, like, nah, I need this in case there's an emergency. Yeah. Got to go. <laughs> it's like, okay, guy, really? You you could yeah. be... I'm saying it's a pretty good move to just like throw that guy under the bus. Absolutely. So speak, but, but then everything he does after that is right. completely suspect. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's he, what I, yeah. Uh, hmm. yeah. It, it's he not a good done, plan. He could have gotten away with it if it weren't for those... Yeah. Uh, that meddling part. Meddling kids. Yeah. But then like uh, Devlin is just kind of hanging out you know, in the, in the tech bay or whatever and sees Mog McDowell sneaking around... And sees that there's like a, a incoming warning of warships mm-hmm. approaching, and yeah, but and, well, he's cutting. The, I think he's cutting the alarm and, yeah. and everything for the incoming. Yes, he's like cutting a blue wire and a red wire, mm-hmm. and then it's like, Ooh, yeah, and close the because he, yeah. he's just going to take off and let you know the marauders destroy fucking everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Devlin, yeah, like figures it out, well, and grabs, then Michael Perret comes find, in. He goes finding Michael Perret. Yeah. He's like, all right, well, you get the alarm working. I'll take care of him, and yeah. Um, yeah, he basically reconnects the the wires, which is pretty simple to do. That cutting them was probably not that good of a you know, spli- quick splice, and it's like, meh, 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 and everyone's mm-hmm. freaking out and falling out of the well, box. He should have cut more than two fucking wires, yeah, lazy sure. bastard. Well, he Saw thought nobody would everything. catch him. Right. Sure, he was sneaky. Yeah. Stealthy. Yeah. I mean, it would take a long time to figure out what wires they were They knew... Well, no, okay. Well, if, if the alarm was disabled and no one saw it, then they would have just come in right. and yeah. blown the place up. Yeah. Yeah. So... Michael Paré gets in his space helicopter and goes out space to helicopter. defend the base. No, no, wait, wait, wait. First... 
Oh, does he do that first? Yeah, because he comes back and deals with that other stuff. Later. Oh, okay. yeah, like, he's like, like he left on a space taxi. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah, somehow right. knew to come back. Yes. Yeah, there's a whole he, thing well, where he like, felt he, bad for for. Uh, right, he was going Devlin. home. He was like, like mm, yeah. He's like, I he's like, I solved the case. It was this guy. I've got the evidence here. Yeah. You know, I'm out of here. And and like, there's this whole like, you know, he, he's parting with Dean Devlin, and he's just like, oh, you know, bye, father oh, figure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. And, but yeah, so he like comes back I at the last second. Yeah, it's like, come on, let's defeat these space assholes. Right. And like, so he goes out in a space helicopter by himself mm-hmm. to defend everything. Meanwhile, like everyone runs into the tech bay and they're just like, wow, he's out there doing stuff. That's cool. You know, it's like, why don't all you fuckers get in your helicopters? Yeah, all, like, all the prisoners are just standing around like, yeah. oh, well, we We're could good. probably do some of that. Yeah. yeah. And there's a bunch of shooting and shit. And then Michael Perret comes back and just kind of trades off with Brian Thompson. Yeah, well, well, he's he's saved them from the first wave, and then the second wave shows yeah. up. Yeah, and, and they're it's, like, oh, it's just well, like, time to get everyone to the escape pod. I'm yeah, coming back because Malcolm McDowell's launched all the other shuttles. Yeah, and, and is in the process of trying to like, I guess, blow up the door that leads to the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Something. I yeah, don't, it, but but they know that there's only one shuttle left. Like, yeah. Dean Devlin has figured this out. And so that's when they're all they're all after watching Prey, and that's when they're like, all right, well, we need to get to the shuttle. And, yes. and that's when Brian Thompson has his kind of heroic moment where they're like, well, somebody's got to hold him off. He's like, all right. <laughs> Brian Thompson has his heroic moment, which gets another guy killed. Yeah. yeah. Because well, he's then, like, because we, didn't, we, we didn't even mention because like, all right, so so Dean Devlin gets paired up with Michael Perry to be his navigator. And it's, it's kind of like the Pacific Rim thing. Like once you're paired up, I guess yeah. you're like, you're drift that's compatible you and yeah. you got to work with him because... Uh, Cookie gets paired up with with uh, Brian Thompson, Thompson, and he like first time he doesn't even know it like right away. He's just like he comes on the radio. He's like, "All right, I want you." He's like, "Cookie's out. You, what the fuck are you doing?" He's like, "I'm your navigator." He's like, "God damn it, junkie motherfucker!" And of course, they pair up like you know, Raper and Rapey as you know, <laughs> yeah. pilot and navigator, so that they, they you know, that's just, that set is done. It's been yeah. retired. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um. So like, yeah. So like, basically, he's like, "Well, you know, someone's gonna have to stay here and be a navigator for me." He's like, "Well, I guess I'm his navigator, so it's me." Mm-hmm. And, um, and they're like, well, yeah, well, the thanks. Guy, <laughs> the great thing is, just like, good luck. Yeah, walks over and just says, good luck, good luck. Yeah, and leave. it's not, not like one person no, you don't have like, to do this. You cookie. don't understand. Yeah. I will stay. Yeah, no, no, no. no it's There's just, no argument. They're just like, all right, well, they fuck. He volunteered, yeah. man. Fuck, I'm, I'm out. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's kind of like the, your coworker. That's like, yeah. Well, boss told me I had to come in on Saturday. He's like, "Oh man, that well, sucks for you." See you on Monday. I'm gonna be <laughs> yeah. like, "You've got a lot of work yeah. to do." Yeah, that really blows. See, see you on Monday. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. off to fuck my wife. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. That guy fell on the grenade, and everyone's like, "All right, just back away." Yeah, yeah. just wow, that happened. Okay, well, there's no reason for all of us to die. Yeah, yeah. let's get out of here. Um, no. So they make it to the ship. They get to the escape pod. Michael Pere has trapped. Okay, first of all, uh, the the lady has has found Ma- Malcolm McDowell doing sneaky shit. Yeah. He's setting a bomb. Yes. For four minutes. And she just like, ju- she just goes, yeah, and just no, kind of jumps she, in uh, on she him. She goes, why? <laughs> she says, why? <laughs> and jumps at him. And he's like, why, Fury? <laughs> yeah. and he's like, and he basically like elbows me. her in the face, yeah. knocks her on the ground, pulls a gun on her. He's like, because. Yeah. I, I, I'm evil. Yes. Ha, yeah. Do you know me? Have I'm Malcolm not, McDowell. Have you not seen every movie except for, well, clock, well questionably Clockwork Orange too? Yeah. 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 I'm kind of evil. Right. Typecast. Yeah, so, you know, plant, plants that bomb or whatever and, and leading her away, and then mm-hmm. Michael Perret shows up. If Michael Perret finds the bomb, mm-hmm. they've gone into an elevator. He grabs the bomb and just leaps into the elevator as the doors yeah. are closing. He's like, well, <laughs> I'm here, and I've got the bomb now. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And Michael McDowell's like, what the, why do you have get, Why do you have that? 
but then, out of here. There's no reason this should have worked because Th- basically, this, like, no like, way. Like the elevator <laughs> doors open and he's just kind of like, "Hey, here!" <laughs> like sort of like hands well, on the bomb. Grabs isn't the, it like the outside's getting attacked? It's, and, like, they, it's shaking. Sure, the they hit. They near hit there. damage of some kind, and the doors pop open. And Michael Bray just grabs the girl, hands him like throws him the grenade thing, or the explosive, and then like grabs the secret key and and just it pops out. And Malcolm McDowell's just like, while oh, the doors are open, is just like ah fuck. And then the doors yeah. close, and then the thing blows up. So yep. Malcolm McDowell's dead. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then they they launch yeah. some sort of cargo container. Yeah, and like drop yeah, it right onto a thing. out there, like you know ah. Gun facing all the rest of the yeah. alien, or the well, drone things that are coming in. So one of the one of the shuttles is left, yeah. and it's working on taking off. Right, right. Sure. That, this is and what they the, grab the space taxi with the troop yes. container. Yeah, yes. and they all pile into the troop container. Right, uh-huh. right. Yes, and they drop it on top of the shuttle. Right, because <laughs> the bad guys are coming in. Yes, and they all jump into the troop container mm-hmm. as they detach it from the space taxi. Yes, which the bad guys shoot and blow up. Right, and then they're safe on the. On the shuttle, yes, in a right. in a trucking. There's more that happens before that. Hold on, <laughs> just jump to the there? end of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say like Brian Thompson's gun face. We just like wrapped up the whole rest of the movie. Uh, Brian Thompson's gun facing the rest of the drones. Um, yes, his navigator guy basically oh, right. gets, oh, he, get, yeah, yeah, he gets yeah. washed in the uh, you know in the the thing like this just this spike comes through and impales him. Just random spike. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh man, he's all leafed <laughs> on the wind, and then mm-hmm. like it's basically like. He's like still trying to like navigate, even though he's like slowly dying, and he's just like, "All right, move to the left." And I don't know. Wow, they they both end up getting navigator. blown up. Yeah, this is what doesn't make sense. All right, so oh. they, they, <laughs> they 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 keep talking about like these uh, the 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 shuttles that keep are, are the digger things the shuttle too? Because that's what I they guess, that's what they, they go to. So like they've got this machine that yeah. just digs up the mi- minerals, and I guess it just takes off and flies up back to Earth or whatever. Yes, in theory. Yes. So they have to fly out to one of those. Right. And, and lay yeah, on it. they're they're all piled into that thing. Uh, no, they're piled into the the troop container, which they drop on top of that thing, and then that thing takes off. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, but y- yeah, so they like I guess the the drone things are programmed not to blow up the shuttles because that's what that's they're where there the for. stuff is. Yeah. yeah, can't can't blow that stuff up. That's what they want. Right. Right. So, cut to Earth in the boardroom again, and they're just like, well. Everyone died, so. But I think they stopped the thing for now. So it's a shame everyone died. Oh well. Mm-hmm. And then Mike Bray just walks in like, not everybody, and they're like, oh hey, hey, you made it. It's you. <laughs> Welcome back. Where's the cargo? And it's oh, it landed on a thing. Wait to be picked up. No, it was it was hiding like behind the moon or whatever. No, no, it landed on whatever the other corporation's landing pad was because it was programmed to go there. That's no, where it he, went. He said they were hanging out on the other side of the planet just waiting to right, be picked up to be by picked up. Because he had the Let's thing in his hand. Point. Oh, okay. Oh, that's Because right. he was like, he does he does a stupid, like, all right, we skipped over in the beginning. Like, hey, have a cool guy. In the very beginning, like, when, when Michael Paré is like, you know, we're like, why is he, a, you know, a loose cannon or whatever? Mm-hmm. He does this whole thing where he's got a prisoner and the prisoner, like, he bends over to do something with the prisoner and the prisoner grabs his gun mm-hmm. and walks him through, like, this airport checkpoint thing yep. and, like, goes through this whole thing, does this crazy move and flips around and gets the gun and it turns out the gun wasn't even loaded at all. So he does the whole routine again in front of the boardroom where he's got this, you know, the control thing that's got all the information they need to get their minerals and he's got a gun on it and he's like, click, and then just throws it across the table and is like, Starts to you know like walks away and is like bam credits, you know, like movie's over. It's just like <laughs> violently. Yeah, it's just bam like, credits. So, so they try to like emergency paint the 
leader of the corporation as another bad guy. Well, but then swerve away at, from that. Well, the second. whole plot is kind of suspect in that, like, he lied to him about why they were there. They they've got this whole like cutting corners bullshit prisoner thing. It's yeah. like everything about this is about maximizing profits and right. all the corporate bullshit that you know we mm-hmm. fight against it now. Malcolm McDowell's boss is in the room at the table and. He says, like, oh, yeah, I told him that you were coming. And everyone's like, what the fuck? Why would you do that? We needed yeah. to know who was in on it, including him. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, well. Uh, yeah, he was my, <laughs> my most trusted guy. Yeah, like, like a good idea at the time. Like, no, he wasn't. He yeah. was your least trusted yeah, guy. He was the guy doing it. <laughs> so, yeah. But then, man, they violently throw you yeah. into the credits. Just, yeah, just he, bam. <laughs> he's just like, I guess I need a new job. Yep. yep. And then credits. Mm-hmm. Yep. Space job. <laughs> Bob. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's kind of one of those movies that's not like they have a good premise, but they just don't know how to wrap it up. Well, that but, like how like, to make it an interesting third act, or really. just I mean, I think the problem is in the second act. I mean, just like like you can have a side plot. Just I mean, it becomes the only plot for about twenty to thirty minutes. Yeah, of, of the space bullying, you know, bullying. Yeah. <laughs> Report space bullying. Mm-hmm. Yes. If they just reported space you bullying, something, this movie space would have something. been. It would have been over. Yeah. Yeah, because they probably would put the other guy in the in the prison cell, and where yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and he's used to it, so he would have yeah. been all right. Yeah, scooter, yeah. all would have worked out fine. Yeah. Well, mostly, <laughs> mostly, <laughs> <laughs> kind of, sorta. Yeah. All right. So no Stargrove. No Stargrove. No. No Shockma. No, none no, of those. No, none of the minor awards. Yeah, just no minor just awards. Ratings. No instant awards. No, you know, just none of our no tertiary awards. No. Yeah. Secondary, secondary. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll go. Okay, in the, in the right. regular proper ratings. Um, this is strange. Like, this is weird because, like, I, I want to give this movie like a ton of credit for all of the things that we we like, the practical effects. Let's invent another award for it. Well, I, I just, I mean, like, but the problem is, <laughs> he like, said jokingly. I yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not that enjoyable of a movie to watch. I kind of liked it, so I think I'm going to give it like a one jocks because I might wa- I might could see watching this again, but it's like right on that line of like I may watch it, but I mean I'm I'm like, like torn between the one and one bag and the one jocks, and mm-hmm. I think I'm going jocks just because I'm like thank you for this being a practical movie made by at least semi competent filmmakers. Mm-hmm. The writing could have used a lot, yes, but like I like the way the movie is made, and maybe I'm feeling more generous based on the the 15 minutes of the other movie we watched um, <laughs> for your two examples of how to make a movie and how not to. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's kind of a mess. I mean, there's a lot of things that are kind of messy in this movie, um, especially that second act. I mean, to me, it's not, it's not as bad as like Liberty and bash of like, what, where are you going now? But it's, it's not far off. I mean, it's just like, you've just, you've curveball into a whole field that probably shouldn't be in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it just doesn't feel right in this movie at all, anywhere, anything circling this movie, orbiting. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. One Jocks is the best I can do. Like, I, cool practical effects, cool sets. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I didn't look at the budget of this. I don't know how he's uh, cobbled together this budget. I mean, mm-hmm. to make something like this. I mean, maybe, yeah, just, maybe it's just it's. Just I'm not gonna. I hate that. to use this, but maybe it's like almost like masterful filmmaking that it was like super low budget, but he made it look really good. But there's a lot of practical sets and like a lot of like the, they have really cool chairs that like the navigators sit in. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of like cool set idea stuff going on in this movie. It's just, unfortunately the script lets it down. 
I'd say I I liked it a little more than that. I'd say it was a two jocks movie and mostly for the setting and the effects and as strange as it sounds, performances of most of the characters in this movie, even though I couldn't tell you any of their names by the end of it because it's one of those type of movies. But I don't know why I liked Michael Paré in this as much as I did. And Brian Thompson, really, because he's like, he's one of those good antagonists that's kind of like not just so black and white that you get sick of his shtick. Like he kind of goes back and forth a bit and he even like mentions that he doesn't mind that Michael Perret is a cop by the end of it. So I don't know. I, I just, I, I really like movies that like, that look like this, Yeah. that, that have that aesthetic, you know, that kind of like, yeah, we saw aliens and that was awesome. So let's do that. You know, <laughs> that, that kind of stuff goes a long way with me. So I'd say two jocks. Okay. Um, I will echo Harlow in this one. I will say one jocks and that is for the technical production of this movie. Um, when it started, I was like, this can't be right. Like, I don't know what it is. We're watching. This can't be this movie because it looks so good to a point where you're like, how have I not heard of this movie? How have I not seen it before? Mm-hmm. It looks of a budget where you're like, this should have, this should be more known than it is. Um, but from a creative standpoint, a lot of it feels like a pilot for something that they then cobbled together like a 10-minute ending to. Like it, it, Most of it feels like an introduction to these characters and then how you get them to work together so that they can have adventures. Mm-hmm. But then it's just like, nope, wrap it up. It just, it just... Nothing... It doesn't feel like anything happens. There's so much of this movie where you're just looking at it and you're like man, these sets are awesome and look at this and the music is good and everything sounds right and but nothing is happening. Yeah. It's long, long stretches of nothing happening. And when like your main conflict is with this one drone robot that they just show a few times, which admittedly is pretty cool, but just to have a faceless corporation be the quote-unquote villain of this thing... I mean, you already know Malcolm McDowell is going to be the bad guy because he's Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. But and there's nobody else on the friggin' boat. Yeah. But I mean, even he is not doing anything very interesting. It's like that could have been anybody. They could have hired anybody for that role. And it would have been like, yeah, it's that guy. Who cares? Um, yeah, but if, like, if they cut out all the, the space bullying stuff, they could have flushed out the main plot so much more. Yes. In that time period. And it wouldn't have been like uh, budget heavy. I mean, you might have had a couple more actors. But, like, you don't need any, like, it's not special effects. It's just story. Like, yeah. there could be a boardroom with evil, you know, pyrite corporations sitting around, like, how, how do we, we get that? Know? How do we get the gold? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's. I want to know where the gold is. I want the gold. Yeah. They've got, they've got all the components. Like, all of the physical stuff is there. Yeah. It's amazing. It just looks like I, I'm looking at these sets, like, as the camera will pull through a scene and it just keeps going and going and going. I'm like, my God. God, how much of this did you build? And where is it now so I can send someone else there to film a movie in it? Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's been part of a million oh, other Oh, I'm movies. sure it's been cobbled together and just it's broken down and all over the place. But it just the long shots of rooms that are huge and everything in it looks futuristic spacey stuff. Yeah, it... <sighs> but it's just squandered on a plot that's just like, so what? Yeah. I, I, who cares? You know, I like you were saying about Michael Perret, he looks cool and the idea of him in this is cool, 
but he like vanishes for a third of this movie mm-hmm. and he, he really doesn't do anything amazing you know there's no jokey stuff there's no one-liners there's no i'm just gonna punch every motherfucker in the face there's just none of that he just he does he his job and he's, well. a, he's giving up bonus jocks for the set we've given bonus jocks for other dumber yeah. reasons that's fine what the setting the art design he's, he's given i'm not arguing oh, with oh him. okay well it sounded like you were like well this is bad and no no no, more I, bad. no i'm i'm i was uh, he <laughs> was right, saying right. that he liked think, michael Perret for some unknown okay, reason okay. i was like yeah it's it is kind of an unknown reason because you yeah. want to really like him he looks cool but all right. There's just, he doesn't do anything to yeah. really engender that sort of reaction. He just yeah. is. That's like, everything. And, and that's part of, I guess that's a good thing and a, a credit to him that he just has a kind of cool, you know, mm-hmm. thing going on without having to do much. His only trait but, is he likes to smoke. That's his one, like, oh, yeah. God. and read. Well, yeah. He, he smokes reads. in the space helicopter. Yeah. But the, the reading can't be good. The reading never comes up at all. Like, it's like. It's just like it's, it's like a re- thing he's he does. reading at one point and just like I know I'm just like like other but it than never like, comes up as like a character other trait. than oh, no. be like hey he's a prisoner but also he's a nerd so he's like our perfect bridge Prison between nerd. the two but he and Brian Thompson here. bond because when he's leaving he gives him his book back yeah hey, that's Shakespeare like three take book. seconds of yeah. nothing I know and but does nothing I know but don't you want your book no I already read him so I'm saying like all the components of goodness are in there but it's like all of it is squandered on yeah bad writing and so. That leads me to my rating, which is, like, I guess I'm going to give it two jocks, <laughs> but, like, I almost feel almost feel like it's being a little too generous, but just by, like, just by that, that bare nudge of getting it over to two jocks from one jocks is just, it's just a tiny nudge of generosity, mm-hmm. um, for the for the sets and the models and mainly because this is a movie that that people need to look at and see what you can do for four and a half million dollars and then put a good story behind it i mean granted four and a half million dollars in 1990 money is like six billion dollars in 2015 dollars mm-hmm. sure but um but you can you can pull off a nice looking movie. And for the most part, with a couple exceptions, this is a really nice looking movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to applaud it for doing that. And it, it and it's something, like I said, that, that people need to look at and, and realize that you can, you can do it. Um, and then go out and fucking do it. Um, but other than, other than those, like I, I was really excited about the models and then the rest of this rest of the time I'm just trying to figure out what the hell they're trying to do with all of it um and I really and I am I do really kind of want to know where where those sets are and and what else they were used for cuz they look they're cohesive yeah that's something that it doesn't look pieced together or cobbled together no no stuff, it, it, and it all looks like like the they have so many of those crazy chairs that they're sitting in. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just the one that you see in the one shot. Like there are three or four of those crazy swinging back and forth chairs and the consoles, like they all look like they were made for this movie. And I don't know if it's just, they had really cheap labor in Germany in 1990 somehow, or, 
what but some sort of tax thing of just yeah. like hey let's well, make some german movies come down so yeah maybe maybe they were like hey let's start a german film industry and yeah. here's here's yeah. five million dollars to make a space movie possibly yeah who knows? i mean are they recycled sets from something we haven't seen i mean who knows they maybe dolled some, up something yeah. else i've seen those chairs in something i can't they tell look you really what. familiar yeah. but i don't I, I wouldn't be able to i yeah. don't know if it's before or after but i have seen people in those chairs before sure but I, I I don't know from what. Yeah, yeah. Be really if anybody out there knows, then uh, let us know. Somebody does. Um, <laughs> if anybody that out there that listens to oh, us knows. Oh, okay. Okay. So, yeah, that's very mm, different. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or they know somebody who knows, mm-hmm. right? And then they tell two tell people. two friends. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it it's. I was really impressed with that, um, but the rest of it was kind of uh, super messy. So. Two jocks, hooray, good job. You did well, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You did better than Rescue Force probably would have done. Probably. Based on the first 15 minutes of that that we mm-hmm. suffered through. Totally. So, let's take a break, shall we? Uh huh. Let's. All right, welcome back. Hey, hey. Bamcast, second half. Hey. Yeah. Hi. Hi. <laughs> yeah. <It's, laughs> we got some movies to talk about. We do. Maggie, <laughs> start us off. Oh, you, you want me to start? Yeah, because give it a break, because you're going to be reading the like you right. know, correspondence. So. Uh, yeah, I borrowed from Chuck the Super Cop 1 and 2 Blu-ray. Or no, not Super Cop. Jeez, that's Super Cop. That's Police Story 3. <laughs> police Story 1 and 2. You want to try that? <laughs> Jackie Chan's Police Story 1 and 2. There it okay. is. Ah, okay. Super Cop being Which eventually three. becomes Super Cop. Right. Right. But yeah. Um, man. <sighs> what? Mm-hmm. First of all, don't watch the dubs. The dubs of those are atrocious. And insert really bad off-color jokes that should not be repeated yeah. into some of the quote-unquote comedy scenes that are in, especially Police Story 1. Hmm. But man, Police Story 1, like, one thing I've learned, if you ha- if you see the Golden Harvest logo on the start of your movie, you know that you are going to, like, shit is going to be crazy at some point. Whatever you're watching, you're going to see something, you're like, holy well. shit. Yes, to the generally point. I mean, speaking, unless you talk about like the early eighty ones, like early eighties yeah. Jackie Chan ones, like yeah, yeah. But it, it, it's almost like the Canon Films logo. Mm-hmm. It's like you, you see the Canon come up, you're like, yes. Golden Harvest has become the same way for me. Yep. And holy fuck, Police Story, that first one has just the most insane bit of practical set destruction I think I've ever seen, and it's in the first ten minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. They just like, and, and it's real stuff because there's behind the scenes footage of it. And it, also it was Hong Kong in 1985. So it was like, now nah, you got to do this shit practical. There's no miniatures here. This is like. Life is cheap. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the other thing watching these movies. You're like, oh my God, people died. Human beings died making this movie. Yeah. Along with 50 trillion panes of glass. <laughs> because the final 10 minutes of that movie is just if a human can be thrown through a piece of glass <laughs> in some fashion, they are going to throw that human being through a pane of glass in some fashion. Yeah, sometimes several at once. Oh, <laughs> oh 
God, it, it's it's almost like Purple Rain. It's like the first ten minutes and the last ten minutes are giving you exactly what you want out of that, mm-hmm. and then the middle sucks. <laughs> the middle of Police Story is fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah, like it's all that. Like, and maybe this is like a cultural I don't get it thing, but mm-hmm. like none of the humor works for me in even remotely, even physical comedy stuff doesn't work for me. And there's a ton of it. Mm-hmm. And it just keeps going. Isn't there the whole weird thing where he takes like the witness to his apartment and his girlfriend comes over and yes. And whole... they got the birthday cake yeah. and it just keeps going. Oh, yeah. And then he yeah. does the phone yep. call yep. where he pretends she calls, even though she's standing on the other side of the room. And it's uh, like that. Like I remember writing Chuck. I was like, this is the greatest 10 minutes of any movie I've ever seen after the first 10 minutes. And then like 15 minutes later, I'm like, I wrote Chuck. I'm like, fuck this movie. Seriously. (laughs) Fuck this movie. But then they get to the mall at the end and everything is redeemed. Oh man. The, the sheer velocity that people are being hurt during the finale of that movie. I I just, I don't know how you fake it. You can't. I mean, it's just, it, it, well, that I movie mean, suddenly ramps up to just ridiculous speed at the end of it. It's just like, it's on. <laughs> we are going to murder each other with our feet. <laughs> uh, and that one guy, he like throws neck first onto an escalator rail. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, yeah. there's so many shots in that movie where it's just like, fuck, that hurts. <laughs> it hurts watching this happen. Yeah. Yes. And also, like the, apparently, he was taken to the hospital after the one where he goes off like the second story and then falls through like a trellis mm-hmm. and like, and you see him land and he like barely gets up yeah. and apparently collapsed immediately after that and had to go to the hospital. And then, if, then there's of course the shot where he broke two vertebrae, I believe mm-hmm. sliding down that pole that they show in true Hong Kong style three times in a row. Oh yeah. Roll all the cameras on. Oh that. yeah. Also got burned too because I think the the voltage was too yeah. high on those lights. They had them plugged into the wall, not the car battery that they were supposed to be plugged into. Yeah, so, so he's just getting fried on the way down. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like you you watch all this stuff and you're like, it, you know, it's you can never make that again. Like, like you can never make these movies again. Yeah, because you know, like when he's hanging off the side of a bus, he's hanging off the side of a bus, mm-hmm. and there's no like safety net there. There's no nothing. Like it's all relying on him holding on to that umbrella yeah. that's off the side of a bus and lifting his legs at the right time to go over the cars that they're going by. Mm-hmm. Life's still cheap in Thailand. It is, but I, we got to find like, like a <laughs> an action yeah, hero. I don't know if it's ever going to reach that point. I just again. think nobody is as reckless with their own bodies. Uh, well, nobody popular at least is re- is reckless with their own bodies as jackie chan is well yeah well and yeah, chuck and i was. talked about this how is jackie chan still alive and like wrestlers 20 years younger than him are dead yeah just or in wheelchairs or like just hobbled you know you see jackie chan it's like okay he's scarred up and i mean he's like been hurt over the, but he's a still a functional human being but like that shot at the in the first like 20 minutes of police story where he stops that bus and the dudes fly out of the front windows mm-hmm. and land on the pavement. Yeah. Okay, first of all that wasn't supposed to happen. Like yeah. that, like they they spaced it wrong. They yeah. were supposed to land on the car and they didn't. They landed on oh, the concrete no. in front of the car. Yeah. And they're like, "Ah, put it in." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stunt went wrong. Ah. <laughs> they're Looks not good. completely put dead. Put that in the movie. Yeah. I I just I Man, just th- that like mid '80s era Jackie Chan stuff is just like unbelievable. Yeah, 
And Police Story 2 starts with a montage of everything insane that happened in Police Story 1. It's like, hey, remember this? <laughs> yeah. And then just kind of settles into not doing much for a long time. Yeah. And aside from making you kind of hate the guy, the bad guys from the first one mm-hmm. who are kind of back, but then there's other stuff going. There's like a bomb threat and he's quit the force and they try and add all this plot stuff, but there's just not much action happening. Yeah. I mean, there's one scene in a restaurant that's pretty good where yes. it's like there's a lot of long takes and it's a lot of that like amazing choreography mm-hmm. where it's like if he doesn't turn right then, he catches a beer bottle full of something in the face. Yep. Because that one bottle is full of beer, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. and shatters like right next to his head. Yep. And there's just like it, that. that's just what's amazing about watching that stuff is it's like he's alive only because he's lucky. Like, it, it really does feel like if that one thing went wrong, he's mm-hmm. fucked. I mean, there's a tremendous amount of skill involved, absolutely. And a lot of rehearsals. But there is just that that factor of, hey, man, all that ha- the wind just needed to change a little bit. Yeah, and, and like the outtakes that are in the end, like they just show blood pouring out of his head from something that went wrong. That's like, like that's, catching a chair in the head. I love that our outtakes are just Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise laughing, and their outtakes are Jackie Chan in a coma, <laughs> where it's just he gets Jackie hurt. Jackie Chan nearly dead. He gets hurt, and then immediately, like eight hundred dudes in jumpsuits rush the scene. Like, oh dear God, our boss is dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like their outtakes aren't exactly hilarious. Yeah. It's like, oh, good, Jackie Chan outtakes. Oh, God. Yeah. But then eventually Police Story pick 2 picks up near the end. And, man, they make you hate those dudes mm-hmm. so much. And then they blow something up in a spectacular fashion. And then it's just like, all right, we're done. <laughs> Which I did not like 2 nearly as much as 1. No. Because there's just too much spacing that doesn't happen. And it's like 20 minutes longer. And Yeah. Yeah. Now, 2 has the playground fight, right? Yes. Okay, that scene is amazing. Yeah, and that's right smack in the middle of the movie. Yeah. But then, like, isn't there the whole thing where he's answering telephones or some shit? That's and in the first one. Oh, it, that's in the first one? Yeah, that's oh, in okay. the first one. That's and like that's a... where the really bad off-color jokes are showing up, where, like, whoever was doing the dub yeah. was like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, I, okay, remembering that scene now, watching the subtitled version, the things that are being said were pretty awful. Yeah, there are... Let's put it this way: there are planned parenthood jokes, yeah, in yeah. the dub of it. So, yeah, you can see where all that's going. Yeah, okay, yeah, but it's still that those movies are definitely worth seeing. Just especially one. I mean, even if you just watch the opening scene, you're just gonna be like, "All right, this is the best movie I've ever seen," and then you can shut it off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I liked Police Story. I'm gonna watch Police Story Three, Super Cop. Good. And I've been told by you to watch the U.S. dub that's on Netflix. If you're locked into watching the dubbed versions, which I understand your reason for doing so. Yeah. If that's your rationale, by all means, go ahead and watch the American cut because it pulls out 10 minutes of just they thought they were making a Bond movie and they should have talking in it. And it's like, nah, come on, guys. Yeah. Get to the next thing. Yeah. But just I, I guess I just won't ever get Asian comedy that gets stuck into these movies 
I don't. Uh, and, and there's some. Some of them are. Some of it's good. I've I've seen funny stuff in Jackie Chan movies. Oh yeah, yeah. It can well, happen. It, it, As you get closer to too. the '90s, yeah. like there's some. It there's some stuff starts to translate into okay. Some pretty good into stuff. something that would actually. Yeah. Well, think about like the quote unquote funny bits of like Rumble in the Bronx. Yeah. Like when that house gets demolished and the ladies on the toilet. I mean, that's yeah. That's pretty universally funny. It's yes. just like. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, th- those those movies are worth watching. But if if you can only see one, watch Police Story one. Definitely. Yep. So I watched a couple of movies. You did? Oh, yeah. I, I also decided to pair up a movie, a couple of movies that are similar. I'll go with similar, not mm-hmm. you know. Someone was telling me I, I didn't even know this thing existed, and and uh, someone at work was talking about it, and I was like, well, I must see this. Um, I saw the documentary called Plastic Galaxy about the uh, history of Star Wars toys. I'm oh man! News to me. Yeah, what the hell is this thing? There is a documentary called "Plastic Galaxy: Story of Star Wars Toys." It's okay. on Hulu. Hulu. I don't think it's like a Hulu original, but I think that's just where it found a home. Okay. Yeah. Um, but go on. It's really short. <laughs> it's like seventy minutes long, okay. so it's you know barely feature length. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it's weird because like it's a it's half of a really interesting documentary because like part of it is. Like, they go and interview people who just collect a shitload of Star Wars toys. Mm-hmm. And that's where it kind of gets like, all right, I'm glad you're enthusiastic, but yeah. all right. And then the other half is they go talk to Kenner uh, employees that were, were around for the design and around for the heyday yeah. of, like, them yeah. going from kind of a nothing toy company to, I mean, they had, a, like, a, like mild hits with, like, making, like, I think they made, like, $6 million man figure and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, they had a couple, like, mild hits, but, like, nothing like Star Wars. I mean, it was all... Right. Hasbro and uh, you know stuff like that back in the day, and it was Galoob. like yeah, and like and these the, you <laughs> know they they came out with this got this licensing that everyone passed on because yeah. they you know licensed toys were not a big thing then, right? And um and yeah, it was just it talks about like the kind of like their meteoric rise to you know making all the money with the Star Wars for many years. So I don't know if I'd fully recommend it. Like it's if you have like. I would definitely recommend it. Maybe you only, have seventy minutes of your time. Well, you wouldn't necessarily be wasting quite a it. BJ review. But yeah. I'm, I'm saying no. <laughs> I mean, I like. I don't think I could recommend this unless you already like are come preloaded with nostalgia. Like, I think it's like one of those movies where, like, unless you, I don't think you're going to get a lot of info out of it. It's kind of like one of those documentaries where it's just like, oh yeah, I remember that, and I kind of wondered about this, and you know, it puts to bed the myth that everyone thinks that they had the Boba Fett that fired a missile when nobody did. Okay. Yeah. You know, like it talks about, it's kind of like the Berenstein bears. Like everyone, you're like, no, you're just fucking misremembering things. Ah. Like, you know, no, there's a split universe. Yes. It's theory. a split t- timeline, but no, it's like, cause <laughs> again, someone was like, no, I had it. It was like, no, you didn't fucking have it. They didn't even ever send it out. You saw the commercial for six months straight. Mm-hmm. You stared at the back of the box with them firing your jetpack and you warped your little kid mind said, I had that, but you did not have a firing Rocket pack Boba Fett figure. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, unless, I mean, unless you went out and bought one of the prototypes, like the guys in there had. Oh, I see. It's like he had prototype ones, you know. Like, but he's like, don't touch these; they're super valuable. Well, let me ask you this because it this sounds like that VHS documentary that we talked about that was like half crazy collectors and half like the really good yeah. stuff that you wanted to know about. Is the Kenner half worth it? Yeah, I mean, but it's it's kind of interspersed. Like, it doesn't stay on one versus the other. No, so, I know, yeah. but I mean, like, is that information interesting enough to say, yeah, go ahead and watch it because that so. stuff is worth. I, I think so. Just because okay. if you're if you have any passing interest in Star Wars toys, it, it's pretty interesting. Especially, I mean, if nothing else, I mean, in, in a modern standpoint, it's interesting to watch it because you see 
the process of making toys back then and how it wasn't super accurate. It was about what was fun, what was feasible to make and what was affordable mm-hmm. enough for people to buy. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, it's kind of like the difference between living through 8-bit video gaming or playing pixel art 8-bit bullshit games now. Right. It's like, you know, you can go buy your reaction figures that look like a Kenner action figure, but that's what we had and, mm-hmm. you know, there's better we we found better ways. Like stop buying your bullshit retro, you know, quasi retro <laughs> action figures, you know, like yeah, you can make good ones now that look like the people. They have lasers and computers and stuff that will yeah 3D print one that looks like the fucking actor, hmm. you know. But anyway, I mean, it's so like there's there's several layers on it. But like I I don't know. I think I just I could only watch it with like a nostalgia lens. I I I don't know if I'd recommend it to like if you don't have if you have like almost zero interest. Obviously, don't mm. watch it. But. <laughs> it's not going to change your mind. It's not going to change your mind, and it's not it's it's not like like I would recommend King of Kong to someone who doesn't even care about. A competitive arcade video because that's a hell of a documentary right yeah like that's just a well-made documentary period you know yeah. this is kind of like through rose colored glasses of nostalgia can be watched so with a similar vein i'm i'm kind of trying to ramp myself up to getting excited about star wars again mm-hmm. um no don't huh? <laughs> just just flatline that shit just for your own safety and sanity, just I, in case. Just to a, to a, because like right now I'm in the like I I have to keep remembering that Star Wars is coming out this year. Like that's how yeah. far removed I am from this shit right mm-hmm. now. So I'm not watching the movies yet, or prepping, or like camping out, or buying tickets. You're just reminding yourself. I'm of reminding a thing. myself that Star Wars is a thing, and okay. it was once good, and people loved it, and all that. So <laughs> this this I think was a, a, a good choice for. The cautiously optimistic approach that I'm taking, I decided to rewatch the 2009 movie Fanboys. Ah, with the comedy about, um, I saw it like I actually own it on Blu-ray because it was one of those like I saw it somewhere for like six or seven dollars on Blu-ray, and I was like, mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. That's about the price of a movie ticket. Just give give me that now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not a perfect movie. Like I mean, there are better comedies, but like there are things about it that are really clever. Um, and then things that are What's like... The, remind me of the premise of that again. Okay, so like when you hear the plot, it sounds really bad because like the, the, the basic idea is some friends, you know, in... Friends have grown up and their main attraction together was Star Wars and playing Star Wars and all things Star Wars. And it's 1998, 99, and it's like they're waiting for episode one to come out and they find out one of their friends has like terminal cancer and is dying and is probably going to die before the movie comes out and they're trying to get and they, the, they the print decide to go yeah. break into skywalker ranch to try to watch the movie early mm-hmm. so and you know wacky adventures along the way um so the, the i think the most notable things about this movie that i've noticed in rewatching it now is it stars two um kind of that guys that were or i would say like that guys that never were <laughs> because it's it's got two people in Hollywood that like Hollywood pushed on as pretty hard in high profile movies and right. then disappeared off the face of the fucking earth. Yep. Because um, it's got um, Sam Huntington, who like was in like Superman Returns and shit like that. And it's like he's gonna be the guy, and then like, nah. Have you seen him lately? No. Nah. And also Dan Fogler, who was yeah. like, he's here's your new funny fat guy. Like he's in Balls of Fury. Balls he's, of Fury. You know, he's like, you know, he came out of nowhere and disappeared right back into it just as fast. Yeah. Like. And it's just funny that like it's that movie has two of them, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> um, oh yeah, Balls of Fury was like, oh man, this fucking guy yeah. is going to be everywhere, yeah. and then like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting it's in that because Balls of Fury. I know. But I, I think I think hindsight <laughs> now, uh, the funniest thing about this movie is this: uh, the writer, this motherfucker, the, the writer of the one of the writers of the movie, I should say, um, is Ernest Klein, the guy who wrote uh, Ready Player One. Yeah. 
which is funny because mm-hmm. like if you look at this there's such a reverence for like star the star wars and spielberg universe of like oh my god there's interesting indiana jones's hat he's you know this is the greatest thing ever and now ready player one is being directed by steven spielberg i mean it's yeah. just like that's a that's a fucking wacky ass circle that that guy's on like i i cannot even imagine how stoked that guy is right right now you know just because i mean if he wrote this it obviously means he's actually kind of one of these people so mm-hmm. but anyway I, it's it's a cute movie I, I think that I think the best line in the movie. I won't run it. Is the very last line in the movie. I think that's the most clever bit of writing in that entire movie. Um, but I don't know. It's it's cute. It's like a, it's like an almost good, almost a great movie. It's like a, it's a pretty good movie. Well, this is the movie that the Weinstein's like destroyed, right? Like they were like make your movie funny and make it yeah teen comedy like, and so there are there are jokes that are like yeah that. Wow, just uh, I mean, I know I think like half this movie was reshot like over time. They were just there, like there were weird delays and things like that. Yeah. So yeah, there there's like that's what I'm saying. I think I feel like at the core like this was a better movie like that I was yeah. wondering if this ever got like an actual proper like yeah, we reconstructed the actual movie now that Star yeah. Wars is a, <laughs> is a thing again. Yeah. But I guess not. It is what it is. Yeah. Uh speaking of Star Wars real quick, it is it's apparently rumored that Star Wars, uh, all six currently existing movies, will be popping on the Netflix soon, which is interesting. Okay. Um, Whoa. Yeah. Which will be nice, um, because everyone has Netflix. Mm. Um, and so you can kind of get your hype on if you really want to. Um, well, I think the better rumor is that there's now going around that there will be a proper theatrical original that, version yeah, that's what i was leading into yeah, yeah. thanks for stealing my fucking thunder hey no problem oh, oh, oh. <laughs> no hey. just kidding uh you should i just thought you'd get um, there someday no yeah um <laughs> yeah all right yeah those that's all, all right. i had to say okay interesting i hope it i hope it happens I, it you know I, that was like the biggest thing i was hoping for when disney bought this yeah stuff, like you know disney has it, the money take to it m- out of old man lucas's hands and right. let us have our fucking movies the way we want them Disney you has, like money, right, Disney? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nah. Oh, yeah. And they have the resources to undisappear the non-special edition Ideally, versions. All right, so ideally, my perfect world mm-hmm. is that we get some Disney-fied version, and I don't mean that in like, the bad Disney it's way. It's an unspecial edition, I'd, I want but remastered. W- remastered, fix yeah. the effects, don't change the story. There you go. That's, that's probably what we'll that's get. That's the perfect fucking world. Like, fix fix the terrible matting, fix all that, fix blue Luke Skywalker falling down the... Luke Skywalker. Uh, down Cloud City. You yeah. know, just don't take out lines, don't add scenes. Do what they did to the original Star Trek. Isn't, that the, yes. isn't that the despecialized that is, edition, what they did? I, I don't know, but that's a perfect yeah, example. Yeah. Do what they did with Star Trek, because that is, that is the greatest. Like, yeah. that is how you do that. They updated the effects with within yes. reason. Like, they don't all of a sudden look like modern effects. They're like retro specialist cg effects yeah and the people that have problem with that fuck off like because like, uh, that, yeah, that, is, that, that is the most loving restoration thing i think i've ever seen in my life yeah like yeah. to actually make the cg graphics look like okay if we just had a little bit a couple more dollars back in the day we yeah. would have like if we'd had stanley kubrick money we would have made it look like this yeah but we didn't it was cardboard set so it looks like this yeah and stuff like you know the the establishing shots of the enterprise flying around a red ball they were like give texture to it so it looked like a planet right that doesn't interfere with anything. That's just, yeah. it's better. Yeah, there's some things that I that I do like about the sure. special editions, but you know, I like Luke screaming. Yeah, when he falls off the thing, sure the you Empire, do. It's uh, so good. They took that out. What? 
Like, they put it in, and then they took it out on the DVD. Son of a... Like, they keep fucking around with it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Every single version has been a different thing. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I but know... It, but they... it took to the DVD release for them to fix Blue Luke. But I think they added in the Luke. Scream. Hmm. Did they... Blue Luke. I thought they had fixed that in the... Oh, no. In the theatrical, theatrical? No, I remember, like... release That was the what effect in my head when I go... When I was like, oh, finally they'll fix this. I don't know why that one always bugged me. I was like... He, I must not have noticed it. I mean, like, he was, like, glowing blue. It was like, this is the shittiest blue screen effect I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And it took till like the DVD release before they finally yeah. fixed it. Well, I and remember it, them having matte boxes around the Tie Fighters still mm-hmm. on the re-release. I was like, mm-hmm. did, "How did you not fix that?" Yeah, I don't know. It, yeah, yeah, and and you know that. I mean, we know that you can that you can get the despecialized edition, you know, through various internet ways. But mm-hmm. it'll be really nice to actually have a release edition that's got yeah proper box art and says fucking you know has all the right copyrights and shit on the back and you know something that comes in a real DVD case and I'm okay with like upresing the mix to like you know 5.1 or doing that I'm not a purist like I mean throw the original stereo track on there if it makes people happy but you know yeah but Disney likes money and they have the money to put behind generating gazillions more money so that's the thing that's the thing is like happen. they could spend they could spend a million to five million dollars on this and make every cent and uh several million more back yeah. and they may <laughs> it, it's entirely possible they've been working on it since sure. since they bought it who knows know, yeah. yeah since they bought it because so. i mean it's a blu-ray you should be able to go like untouched original despecialized edition special edition mm-hmm. <laughs> that should be i mean it should just be boop, 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 you know it yeah. just be like a, a thing and, you flip I won't mind buying those movies for a sixth time. <laughs> yeah, I never bought the Blu-ray because, like I said, I was holding out hope that I will get this good version one day. Yeah, well, we'll see. Yep. <laughs> we can hope. We can hope, right? We can. But yeah, I mean, I mean, new hope. Best case is they get despecialized. You know, I mean that guy. That guy will probably give it away. That's like, where we're at now. <laughs> well, seriously, I know it's it's just funny because I mean the the the. DVD versions they put out were a fucking insult. Yeah. You know, but that was Lucas, so who knows? Yeah. Anywho. Anywho. That's my not touching anything actually Star Wars way to start getting hyped back up for Star Wars. That's yeah. a very delicate way to do it. Yeah. yeah. It's good. If they come out on the Netflix, I am going to binge watch. I'll even watch the prequels. I'll mm. start to finish binge watch it one weekend. I did I'll that last year. That. Good luck. <laughs> It'll be funny. Yeah. The third one's all right, actually. All right. So I think we're going to save emails for uh, next week. Yeah, we'll, we'll save them. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That's okay. We'll get Thank you them. for writing in, though. We, we do have emails that demand to be read. Just not tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Soon. Yeah. Well, yep. Suck it. How about some speed contact information? Okay. Uh, BMFcast.com. Look at the right-hand rail. www.bmfcast.com if you prefer. BMF at bmfcast.com or 91055-BMF, 91056-9263. Expedient. Mm-hmm. Nice Dot com. <laughs> uh, let's get out of here. I'm Harlow. I'm Mackie. I'm BJ. I'm Chuck. And this is BMFcast out. BMFcast out.